Hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves it the most, Luke Throop here, on another magical, maniacal Monday for Torch Report 472. How they plan on thinning the herd. Today we'll be working toward an understanding of the multipolar, multi-pronged approach to reducing the human population. Friends, there's a lot going on in the world today. And of course, as the wise well know, the most impactful issues that are happening right now are not the issues that are in the headline. headlines. You know, this week, uh, undoubtedly, there's going to be a whole lot of squawking. It's going to be another week of, you know, Middle Eastern mayhem, keeping the public on the edge of their seats, glued to the tube and steeped in the, uh, you know, the collective subconscious priming, the predictive programming, the seeding of self-fulfilling prophecy that's going to further advance the overarching globalist agenda. Friends, do you remember, do you recall what that overarching globalist agenda is? Well, I'll save you the suspense. It's the proportioning of the human population to ensure a sustainable future, the the planetary boundaries and such. To translate that into simple speak, it's depopulating planet Earth. That is the globalist agenda. And that means killing off a sufficient number of peasants in you know, some rather unassuming ways, such as stoking World War III and pretending like we have some sort of moral obligation to go to war, uh, rumors of wars and endless wars. For, as, as good old Joe Biden says, you know, we have this moral obligation to be fighting in the Ukraine, so, you know, supporting war in the Ukraine, to be supporting war in the Middle East. We have a moral obligation to do so. Uh, he was out there, by the way, Biden. The shameless sock puppet was out there in a 60 Minutes interview making this perfectly clear over the weekend. We're the most powerful country in the world. I mean, we got to throw our weight around and make sure there's war, 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 you know. And of course, in the same interview, the crusty old sock puppet continued to mock and dehumanize anyone who wants to make America great again. Any MAGA Republicans calling us a bunch of, you know, anti-democracy, right-wing extremists, just kind of keeping up with this theme that we, the people who want to preserve and protect the blessings of liberty for future generations, are in fact the greatest threat to the country, at least in their sick, twisted, and distorted minds. And of course, this is also planting seeds of war, is it not? It's planting the seeds of civil war. So the wars may be seeming like they're far off right now, friends, but they are coming home to roost. Whether that's provoking, you know, uh, Islamic terrorists to strike in the heartland, whether that's provoking nuclear war with the evil Russian tyrant or it's provoking civil war, war is just one way of reducing the human population. Matter of fact, you may recall uh, along the lines of planting the seeds of civil war, uh, Joe Biden, according to Joe, he says, quote, MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flame of political violence, period. End quote. What a crock of spit. (laughs) Friends, the lies are obvious. I mean, they're obvious to anyone who doesn't have their head buried up their backside, who hasn't been brainwashed into the hate-filled leftist cult. But... It would be foolish for us to underestimate the breadth and the pravity of this hate 
hate-filled leftist cult because currently they are running the world. And it is this very same hate-filled leftist cult that is trying to kill the maximum number of meat-eating useless eaters in the shortest time possible. And they're doing so, of course, in order to keep the global population within the arbitrarily contrived planetary boundaries. So, friends, if you doubt me on this, I know it sounds absolutely insane. I did put the link in here uh, to a very comprehensive report from Brownstone, Population Control, The Receipts. It documents very thoroughly what's going on. I've, I've linked to it before, but I want to put it in there in big, bold letters. You know, I've covered the depopulation agenda from many different angles, and I've meticulously documented this insidious and evil plot and a plethora of reports. But I'm sharing that link with you today from the Brownstone uh, Population Control Report to appeal to a more authoritative source, if you will. You know, I again, I don't ask you to take my word for it. Uh, and obviously, I'm not the only one who's digging into the globalist documentations and their plans for killing off much of the population. So I just wanted to put that there for you to have a chance to hear it from someone else. You know, read it with your own eyes. Read what what the government documentation shows the agenda has been for decades. I believe that the need to keep this overarching agenda front and center is one of the utmost importance. You know, it is the utmost importance. You know, nothing's more important than the fact that the secret global cabal is trying to enslave us all and, and kill off a large portion of the population. This is an existential threat to every human being on the planet. The fact that the global elites actually believe they have a moral obligation to reduce the human population is an absolutely astounding fact. In fact, it is flat out disturbing. However, and this is what I want to drill down on today, as far as the depopulation agenda, agenda is concerned, killing millions of people through orchestrated global conflict, you know, wars abroad and at home and all of that, that's simply not a fast enough strategy to sufficiently reduce the human population to a sustainable level in a short enough period of time. They can't kill enough people through nuclear war. The math doesn't work. Uh, and so they need to, to live, eliminate billions of people somehow in order to pull off their grand plans for future Earth. Again, their words, they just don't need the majority of the human population. Okay? So... You know, certainly you start thinking about, okay, well, wars are going to kill millions, but they're looking to eliminate billions to get back within planetary boundaries. Their words, not mine. Uh, and you think about, well, how are they going to do that? Well, certainly, you know, the globally promoted death jabs and the other toxic experimental injections are going to aid in this endeavor. You know, the subsequent subsequent rise in sterilizations, the cancers, the destroyed immune systems, you know, the, you know, one, uh, one pandemic after another and all that. But none of this is going to be enough either, right? To really pull this off, to systematically eliminate billions of people from planet Earth, friends, and yes, I know how crazy that sounds, but to systematically eliminate billions of people from planet Earth, they, they must pull out all the stops. You know, it, it means there's got to be an all-out whole-of-government, a whole-of-society approach, and the history has shown repeatedly 
that the easiest way for governments, this whole government approach, the easiest way for governments to eliminate pesky peasants and to do so without taking a lot of blame for it is to simply starve them to death. Okay? For those in the know, this is a very central strategy in communism. I put a few links in the report today. A hundred years of communism and a hundred million dead. A hundred years, a hundred million lives. Think twice. We must never forget the 100 million victims of communism. Friends, it's true that the communists have historically used a variety of methods to kill off their enemies, to annihilate their political opposition. But starvation is undeniably the most effective. And for, for, as for how it comes to pass, you know, how does a communist government come to systematically starve millions of people? Well, historically speaking... Uh, History.com spells out how the commie regimes actually replace private farms with state-run collective farms, and they punish independent-minded peasants who pose a threat to their totalitarian control. Now, if you think about it, communism, 100 years of communism killed 100 million people plus, much of that through starvation. That was in isolated pockets of the globe. But right now we're talking about global communism. And to demonstrate how, you know, the central control of communist governments, how this is central to commie strategy, we need only to read their words. They say, and I quote the Communist Manifesto says, quote, that the theory of communists may be summed up in a single sentence, the abolition of private property, period, end quote. In other words, the communist state takes control over private farms because they believe the farmers do not have a right to own their land and raise their own crops, says the Communist Manifesto. The abolition of individuality, independence, and freedom is undoubtedly the aim. Okay, that's directly from the Communist Manifesto. So when you read their words... I think there's an undeniable correlation with the language and the intentions that they spell out in the Communist Manifesto, with the language and intentions of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, and other aspects of the globalist agenda. We'll be getting into that here more in a minute. But I want to focus on the Commie Manifesto for a second. Because once they've achieved the abolition of private property wherein the state takes private lands and they work to rest by degrees, like this incremental you know, stealing of our rights. They try to rest by degrees all capital resources, i.e. the equipment, the farm equipment, everything else. And they do this in order to centralize all instruments of production in the hands of the state. Again, a direct quote. And I put their stepwise process in here, a link to the Communist Manifesto if you haven't studied it, but it just spells it out, 10 steps, and I'm just going to kind of go through it quickly here. First, the abolition of property. Second, a heavy progressive and graduated income tax. Third, the abolition of all rights of inheritance. Fourth, the confiscation of property of all rebels. Okay. Fifth, the centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank, bank with state capital as an exclusive monopoly. Friends, that is central banking and CBDCs. Okay. It's all coming down the pipe. 
Sixth, centralization of the means of communication and transport in the hands of the state. Again, all in the works. Seventh, it's the extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state. So they're going to expand their reach. Okay. Eighth, the equal liability of all to work. I'll say it again, the equal liability of all to work. The establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. When you read that eighth point, the equal liability of all to work, the establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture, read it as forced labor and people dying and starving as they're laboring away for nothing. Now, ninth. The uh, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, the gradual abolition of all distinctions between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the populace over the country. Free edu- And the 10th point uh, is free education for all children in public schools. So there's a lot there. Could do a whole report on that. But I just want to point that out. Because all of this is happening simultaneously. It's all been planned for a really long time. It's been working toward for a really long time. And many of those who are currently directing our state and federal level policies are all in on this agenda. They have been working toward these ends for decades. This is the fundamental transformation of America. So with that communist roadmap fresh in mind, let's now turn to what the modern commies, the present day communists are discussing and implementing right now in real time this very moment. Friends, I've, I've previously discussed how starvation is essentially baked into the Agenda 2030. Uh, specifically, Torch Report 196, starvation is their strategy. I put that out September last year. But that report, Starvation is Their Strategy, Torch Report 196, it outlines the globalist efforts through the WHO, the WEF, the UN, etc., their efforts to take control of global communications. They're doing it allegedly to fight disinformation. That's straight. But it aligns with the Communist Manifesto. I outlined how the union strikes are being used as political weapons. And if you think about... uh, What's happening with the, uh, the United Auto Workers strike and all these other strikes right now? What is that really? That's a, a mob of emotionally charged people demanding the, basically the right to control how the equipment gets used, right? The union gets to choose. It's not their equipment. They didn't invest millions of dollars into the equipment. They're just demanding that, you know, if you, they're demanding basically control over that equipment through the use of their labor by leveraging the use of their labor. That's uh, how communists work through unions. At any rate, also on Torch Report 196, uh, the direct attacks on the food supply, hundreds of fires, planes crashing into buildings, etc. And the Georgia Guidestones, which were recently destroyed and all of that. But the most telling excerpt from Torch Report 196 was one from the WEF, the World Economic Forum, which says, and I quote, an average middle-class American consumes 3.3 times the subsistence level of food and almost 250 times the subsistence level of clean water. So if everyone on earth lived like a middle-class American, then the planet might have a carrying capacity of around 2 billion, period, end quote. Now, when they talk about wanting to lift people out of poverty, and most of the time you assume, well, they're going to try to get people up to, a, you know, at least a middle-class standard of living. But if, if it was getting everybody out of poverty to a middle-class standard of living, well, the planet can only keep about 
you know, 2 billion people. Okay. Ooh, that's a pretty, pretty big reduction from where we're at now. So this week, the United Nations is running a synchronized campaign to mobilize a youth army for the sake of advancing this specific agenda, this overarching depopulation agenda. And I put a little screenshot in here on the front page of the United Nations. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know you just have to go to thetorchreport.com. Dun, dun, dun. Check out thetorchreport.com. You will find this spiffy screenshot from the United Nations this morning that says, Water is life. Water is food. Water is life. Water is food. And they're celebrating today, October 16th, 2023, World Food Day. And they state that what we eat and how our food is produced has a major impact on water. And they're inviting you to join their campaign on water action for food. They're inviting you to sing their message. And they're, they're talking about their global movement to empower young people to shape a better future for all. You can be the change. Water is life. Water is food. And according to their propaganda, what we eat and how our food is produced, I mean, it has such a big impact, you know? And, and that's why they got to mobilize the young people to shape a better future. And if you, if you were to check out their landing page, they use this word called agri-food you know, like agriculture and food, but they call it agri-food systems. And agri-food systems transformation accelerates climate action. So three things I wanted to point out kind of from their front page. I did put a, a screenshot in there to kind of line out where it's coming from if you wanted to check it out for yourself. But agri-food systems, first up, they encompass the journey of food from farm to table. So it's the whole entire system of where our food comes from. That means that they are aiming to transform how we get fed. Now think about that in the context of the communist starvation strategy, okay? The second thing I want to point out is that they claim the current agri-food systems, how the food gets from the farm to the table, are wreaking havoc on our climate and environment. And I just want to point out here that nobody would know that, nobody would think that way without their world-class propaganda, but this is what they're pumping into the minds of the youth. And the third thing I want to point out is how these globalist hacks are committed to local action. The WFF is committed to local action, local action, friends, and they emphasize inclusiveness that puts youth and indigenous peoples and women and people in vulnerable situations leading the way. That's what they say, that youth, indigenous peoples, women and people in vulnerable situations are leading the way. Now, why the hell might that be? Do you think that youths and indigenous peoples and women and people in vulnerable situations are in any position? To lead the way? No, they're being exploited for their emotional vulnerabilities. They go on to say this, friends, quote, Currently, agri-food systems account for one-third of human-caused greenhouse gas emissions, 90% of global deforestation, and 70% of water used globally. 
And they are the single agri-food systems. How the food gets from the farm to the table is the single greatest cause of terrestrial biodiversity loss, putting pressure on the food value chain and on and on and on. Food is the single largest category of waste in the municipal landfills, and it just goes on, friends. Thus, what they are saying, what they posit, is that they have a moral imperative to take over the control of the means and productions and the consumptions, which means taking total control of the food supply. Cue the famines and the mass starvation. Ha-ha! I see the time, friends. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Got a little more to say here. Because per the Communist Manifesto, this is all going to happen via the abolition of private property, the confiscation of private property, the establishment of industrial armies and forced labor under the guise of equal liability for everyone to work, and the fact that they are educating and mobilizing youth to this end really makes it a seamless strategy because the youth believe it. Now, Meanwhile, while the UN's doing this, just to demonstrate the coordinated propaganda here, the UN's, you know, water is life, water is food, water is life, water is food. You know, to reinforce that mantra and the mentality and the propaganda, the WEF adds this. They say, liquid assets, why we, why we won't solve the climate crisis without fixing water. They say we need to take water scarcity more seriously. They say with water without carbon, they have to help utilities avoid penalties for exceeding their CO2 budget, i.e. using too much water. Friends, you know what's more essential to life than food? Water. So call me a skeptic, but when I see the same people who claim they just don't need the majority of the human population working tirelessly to capture the global food supply and simultaneously rolling out an agenda to help water utilities avoid penalties for letting the peasants use too much water, I get some red flags going off. You know what water gets used for? How about watering crops? Okay, so they got a bunch of stuff out there. You know, according to the white paper by the Global Water Intelligence, uh, water networks are responsible for 135 million tons of CO2 emissions. In short, friends, they're, they're saying we use too much water. And they're saying that they need to use AI and technologies that are used for detecting water on other planets. This is coming straight out of their article. Uh, this is IE Satellite Surveillance and Artificial Intelligence to guard water from the well to the tap. Let me ask you, how many people in the city have a well? Hmm. So the globalists are using AI and satellite surveillance to guard water from the well to the tap. Why would they need to use satellite surveillance to guard water from the well in a great big city? Friends, do you see where they are going with this? They claim we're using 250 times the subsistence level of clean water. Clearly, in their minds, capturing the water supply is a high priority. And no doubt, this is going to be discussed at the uh, this week's meeting of the Global Future Council and all that, friends. But we're going to have to save that to f- until tomorrow. So just remember, until then, friends, drumroll, please. The commies are taking over the world. 
and therefore resist we must. And that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time. Go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, maniacal Monday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.